All right, you all, you need to come and listen to The Sci-Files. They do have other shows, but The Sci-Files, that's the one you want to hear. We are on the Anchor Media platform, and you can catch us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcast, and Spotify. So again, this is Axel, The Sci-Files. Sunday, 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 The Sci-Files. the gore corner only available here on rotten corpse radio it's been a week we haven't really posted too, too much new been kind of enjoying a lot of the new stuff that's been uh, happening out in the world of horror uh, one of those i wanted to talk about today is my reaction to amc's new mini series kind of if you will uh, it's kind of a mini documentary series by eli roth called history of horror and in this uh, doc we we see a lot of uh different uh, genre subgenres of horror kind of tackled in every episode. Uh, the first two episodes that happened were the zombie episode, which also happened. Um, I want to say it happened like maybe or about a week ago, and this last weekend we got uh, slasher part one, and then they followed it up with tonight uh, having slasher part two. So there's a, it's a two part episode. Uh, for those who haven't seen it yet, is on the East Coast feed. It hit about five o'clock. PM today, uh, which I think would be about eight um, eight PM uh, Pacific time, and so if you're hearing this and you haven't seen it yet, go back or go ahead and go out of your way, check it out when it hits AMC. Uh, check your local cable listings for that. Um, it's also featured on the AMC app. You can go back and watch past episodes, uh, which I'm kind of confused by. So AMC has this app, right? And they put all their stuff on it, but AMC also owns Shudder, which is a streaming service for strictly horror. Why wouldn't this series, also The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, Priest, and a couple other shows, why aren't those series being broadcasted on Shudder? I am happy to announce, though, that uh, Legion M's film, uh, which is uh, Mandy, uh, stars Nicolas Cage, um, that's actually going to be uh, exclusive on Shutter, which makes sense because, like, if you look at the artwork for it, it totally fits that whole Shutter vibe uh, for all the other original content that they have. And you know, they're also constantly putting out new movies. So, if you're a fan of horror, uh, you can go back and binge watch um, on some old films, and then go ahead and check out some of their new series and new uh, exclusive movies. A lot of really cool content there, but back to AMC and Eli Roth's um, series. Now, I caught the first episode on air date, um, which was um, on Sunday about a week ago, and the zombie episode really hit home with me because there's a lot of things within the zombie genre and the zombie culture that I'm really into, uh, one of them being all the different... Um, films that were important to this to the genre you know dating all the way back and, you know and of course they're gonna 
reference uh, George Romero being the godfather of the modern day zombie film, but there were zombie movies that came out before that, and those uh, films, uh, you know, are even though they don't really fit the archetype of we what we remember and see zombies as, it's still kind of its own little what class and world of uh, of within that genre, you know, and taken. To consideration all the other subgenre films that you'll see too, like Return of the Living Dead, which was like one of the first movies with running zombies. Um, also, The Crazies, which isn't even a movie that you would consider a zombie movie, but it's very zombie esque. Uh, you know, and then you have Rabbit, Night of the Creeps, um, a lot of other different films that are kind of important to the genre and they're fun in their own rights. Um, and they also have like, you know, They've also had callbacks to those movies in later years, you know, such as like the 28 Days uh, series, which I don't really even consider a zombie movie, but I kind of feel is the spiritual successor to The Crazies, because uh, The Crazies isn't a literal zombie movie at all. It's just, for some strange reason, all these people within the small town end up just start attacking people, and they're slow moving, and they, they, they have a very, it, It's another Romero movie, too, so it kind of... It fits his whole, like, aesthetic. And it could have also been, like, a sub-movie in the Dead series. But they never actually did that, which was kind of a bummer to me. But it's funny that this film has that theme. Um, also movies like The Fog, you know, where it's, like, the the kind of spiritual dead kind of coming back to life through this, like, creeping fog that kind of covers this whole town. Um, and you have all these other different movies. And, of course, the documentary um, hits home with a lot of uh, other theme, you know, other personalities within, you know, the film world. You'll see uh, input from, like, guys like Rob Zombie. He's got Zombie in his name. He's got to say something. Uh, Elijah Wood, who has, in his post-career, um, has been producing and directing films uh, within the horror genre. And he loves horror. And even though he didn't really do horror in his younger years, I mean, look at his body of work now um, compared to back then. I mean, even him in the remake of Maniac was a fucking great fit. And uh, But, you know, you take all these different, uh, you know, viewpoints and you kind of grind them all together, you know, and you'll see, like, um, people who were involved with the, the makings of some of the other uh, zombie films as well as, like, you know, retrospects on uh, the foreign um kind of like the foreign landscape of like zombie films you know we've seen those too and you know 28 days later counts into that uh, that subgenre same with like zombie you know Fulci zombie film and uh many others and it's to me it's kind of cool that we're able to dance around in this like crazy zombie verse you know, um, I think one of my favorite modern day zombie films, if I was going to really talk about what I kind of like as far as zombies, um, one of my favorite modern day films is the movie, is the series Wreck. Um, that's a Spanish series. And I think the movie itself, like as far as a found footage uh, flick and as far as a movie that just kind of has that like intensity and craziness to it and even i mean god even wreck 3 had some like really ingenious stupid stuff that you would never think would actually work for a movie but it does you know it kind of you know kind of kind of has a place i think you know if i mean if everything else seems to have a place you know like whether it's viral or whatever supernatural 
you know, obviously something spiritual has to have some kind of place in the zombie world as well. So, and this is coming from like a, you know, a very hardcore atheist. So it's like, you know, if, if I'm willing to accept something like that for, you know, the world and sake of horror, of course I'd be willing to accept anything. So, um, it is horror. It's an open-ended genre. Um, you can do many different things with it. And that's like the surprising thing with the genre too, is that many things have come out of it and they've all been, you know, fun. Another, um, modern day zombie film that I can actually say is a personal favorite of mine is the film Undead, uh, which is an Australian horror film, uh, that kind of takes like an alien approach to the zombie world, you know, much like they did in Night of the Creeps and Slither, um, also Night of the Comet, I think uh, uh, Slugs was another one. I mean, there's a bunch of different flicks you can kind of put into that wheelbarrow, but um, I really think that, you know, Wild and Crazy always has a play. Oh, Rabbit's another one, too. <laughs> so, I mean, Wild and Crazy, I think, is a, is a good thing. And then you also have... Um, you also have, uh, you know, new remakes and new viewpoints on different on old school films like the Soska's, uh, you know, view and look on their 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 take on the movie Rabid, uh, which hopefully will blow a lot of remakes and kind of dispel a lot of the you know modern and indie critic uh, viewpoints that you know remakes suck and then they're just no good. It's like you know, I I'd always kind of disagree with them and I'll throw my honest viewpoints out there but then you'll see somebody else will just come up with some really off the wall thing and you know i think the the theme that you always get here is not every film is made for a certain audience you know it's like if it's not every not every viewpoint is tackled not everybody is included in the conversation because everybody has a different viewpoint on different themes and I think the, uh, you know, the takeaway from those is, you know, you've got, you know, I don't think, you know, like with the, if you look at the original, you know, it's like, like, I don't think, uh, Toby Hooper had the LGBTQ community in mind when he made his movie, neither should the remake, you know, and it's like, they're, they're not going to always touch on the things that people want them to touch on because people want to be kind of everybody kind of takes personal ownership over uh, over other people's craft nowadays and um, usually when you are impacted by a film whether it's positive or negative you're always going to take that with you you're always going to have that and i think that's why people get so personally affected by certain films when they come out oh it's ruining my childhood and everything else and i i'm not one of those guys i honestly can say that the dawn of the dead remake was better than the original and i didn't like the fact that all the zombies were running but you know what the movie was intense it was gory it's exactly what i wanted and zombie films should always be that um and of course episode two touches on slasher films and it's a two-parter now the first part uh goes all the way back to um you want to i think you would want to say that you're um that your breakout, your first real breakout slasher film, um, had to be, you know, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, and it makes sense that they would go that far back and to give that, you know, credit to Alfred Hitchcock for making something like that. I also find it incredibly hilarious that he actually approached the movie as if it was supposed to be a comedy, but people never viewed it as a comedy, and I think I think that's kind of funny because. 
when you, I think, because, uh, like, I laugh at horror films, and I've always been a big fan of slasher movies, and it was kind of really neat and nutty to hear other people's takes that you're really just kind of rooting for the bad guy because all these, you know, all the jocks and pretty people and all these other people that are in the film, you know, you're they're the kind of people that most of us want to see die um, because a lot of us were the outcasts and the nerds and everything else. So of course we're not gonna we're not gonna favor them. We're not gonna be on their side. Um, and I, I do like other, the other approaches, you know, like what they were talking about with uh, John Carpenter's Halloween and Jamie Lee Curtis being a very sympathetic uh, heroine, somebody that nobody wanted to see get killed. And that was also awesome to me, uh, just kind of not, not even really thinking about that, because like Halloween is actually one of my all time favorite films. It's the movie I've owned the most copies of. I've bought in so many different collector's editions of the film that had different um, back behind the scenes stuff that had different um, like add in scenes from the television series the you know seen there are different edits of the film you know the ones that were like rated R ones that were extended rated R and rated um, I've had all sorts of different copies of the film even I've even had multiple copies of the remake uh, which is also kind of uh, telling because I was a big fan of Rob Zombie's take on the film because uh, his take is very different and was not the same. It was not approached the same way. And I, there was a certain quality about that that made me appreciate it. But then when you really go back and you're watching the original Halloween, not a lot of blood spatter. A lot of the film is just, you know, quick moments, scares, just intensity. And um, I really think that, you know, the guy who played Michael Myers, you know, he had a, he had a lot going into it. Um, he was a really great presence in the film. He made the movie creepy. Um, I don't think without him, without the subtle timing, without the directorial cues of a lot of the POV stuff that you'll see that's carried over from Black Christmas. Um, I don't think that, I, I think there's a lot of different methods in the way John Carpenter put together his movie that's unrivaled today. And, there were other films within the series that did kind of maintain this creepy quality. I think Halloween 2 did a good job. A lot of people don't like Halloween 2 because, you know, what they did to the storyline, making making um, Laurie and Michael relatives, and this always kind of gets under people's skin. And we look back on that now uh, with this new Halloween that's coming out, which is basically Halloween 2 all over again. Um, and it also is taking that different approach and kind of unscrambling the damage that some people feel had been done to the Halloween series because of part two. Um, even though two, to me, is going to be one of my all-time favorite sequels. Uh, and, uh, and then you got films like uh, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, uh, that kind of kept up the creepiness from Halloween 1 and 2. Um, Halloween 6 kind of held on to a little bit of it, but the story kind of takes you away from it. The story is a little bit of a downside, um, even though it had Paul Rudd and a few other people in it that made the movie good. And it was also the last mo movie we ever got to see Donald Pleasence in, so um, big bummers there, you know, with the close-up of that film. But all in all, I had to say that that first episode, and I haven't watched the second one yet, it's actually in my queue, it's being recorded right now on my DVR, so... I'm not going to be without it. It's just I'm not going to be watching it right away. Um, there's just, I don't know. It's just like, I think in the end, you know, I mean, the slasher film is always going to be that one 
genre of horror that's never going to be fully appreciated because of some of the slapstick stuff they've done, because of the gratuitous amounts of uh, violence, gore, and everything else that goes into it, and just the fact that the 80s had an oversaturation of them, that we saw some of that saturation build up again in the 90s, and then they haven't really fully brought back the slasher in full force. I really do think Adam Wingard's, and this is a movie I'm surprised they didn't talk about, is that Adam Wingard's um, A Horrible Way to Die, I still actually think is probably one of the most unique slasher films ever made. And it's a movie that uh, takes more of a realistic look at that kind of uh, horror film without turning it into this trope-tastic, you know, <laughs> collision of events that makes you just think of, oh yeah, this is just Slumber Party Massacre, or oh, this is just, you know... Um, junior or this is just texas chainsaw massacre you know it's like it doesn't make you think that it's its own unique movie and it stands all by itself i think if anything taking lives is the closest movie to it if you wanted to compare it to a mainstream film of any kind or just a horror film in general and maybe somebody out there is going to be like, Taking Lives is not a horror film. It's got Angelina Jolie, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, it's totally a horror film. <laughs> Watch it. You know, it's no more, no less of a horror film than 8mm or fucking Silence of the Lambs. So take your, criti your criticisms elsewhere because it's just bullshit. Anyway, uh, follow us on social media. We are on everything you can imagine as far as... Uh, platforms except for Snapchat, we really don't care about instant clips that you'll never see again. Um, plus, I think Snapchat would be better if we were like a production company where we're making movies. That would be something to have for that platform, but that's not something we have. Um, I share all sorts of weirdness on Instagram. Uh, you can follow us at Rotten Corpse Radio, as well as on Twitter at Rotten Corpse ENT. Um, everything else, Rotten Corpse Radio, including Vimeo um, and Facebook. Uh, you can also find our material on anchor.fm, which is where all of our podcasts live, with the exception of the back catalog, which is being slowly but surely converted over and platformed on patreon.com, and you'll be able to catch all of that content for only a dollar, um, and the, the, that includes episodes that you'll never hear broadcasted on the Anchor platform, um, oldies, um, even one-off episodes uh, of podcasts that we were going to start but never actually finished, um, with past and no longer existing uh, uh, hosts, uh, if I want to say that. Yeah, co-hosts uh, that don't that no longer work with us. So uh, you can check all that out there. And thank you very much for listening to today's episode. Um, I'll have a special surprise for Friday's edition of the show. Um, hopefully you'll be tuning in for that. And without further ado, thank you very much and have a blessed day or a horrible day. I want you to have a horrible, a horrible day. Thank you. This has been Rotten Corpse Radio.